Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Mike Wood. We're on the home stretch, pal. We got just a handful of impactful conversations remaining in our final day of coverage here, but I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Uh, howdy, y'all, to everybody out there in Radio Land listening. And we are thrilled to have Leanne Davey on the show. Hi, Leanne. Can you say hi to our audience and kind of give them a heads up on who you are? What do you do? Yeah. Hi, everybody. So I'm Leanne Davey. I am the author of three books now, which is pretty exciting. As of next week, I guess the third one comes out. I'm an organizational psychologist and I'm somebody who spent her whole life helping people create productivity when there's messy people stuff getting in the way. Gotcha. Now, as well, speaking of the messy people stuff, yeah. I, I know you do a lot with conflict. So we talk a lot at Work Human about bringing your best self to work. Now you talk about being able to embrace conflict. How can we make the two of those coexist? Yeah, I think our best selves are ourselves who realize that some things are worth fighting for. And so I know with myself, I'm a conflict averse person myself. I actually say the first audience for this book was me. (laughs) And then I'm glad everybody else benefits from it. So the best version of me is one where I'm willing to fight for things I believe in. So I'm willing to fight for a better decision. I'm willing to fight for my customers. I'm willing to be candid with somebody with some really difficult feedback because I care enough about them to be uncomfortable. Those are the things that when I go home at night and I look in the mirror, when I've had the courage to fight for things that are worth fighting for, that's when I feel most proud of myself. And I know that that's when other people feel proud of themselves as well. And when we avoid conversations that are difficult for us, but are necessary, we go home and we don't want to look in the mirror because that's not the best version of us. So I think the two are really, really well suited to one another. All right. So the new book is called The Good Fight, and it's about productive conflict. Now, a lot of people would say, well, that's an oxymoron. And so, gosh, we could talk for a couple hours just on those two words and what they really mean. A couple of thoughts out of my mind that I'd love you to just comment on is I think most people listening would say conflict at work, that's a bad thing. That's spooky. And I think a very common tale at most organizations is some notion of discouraging conflict. Certainly conflict, but there's a way to do it that can help foster creativity and innovation. Talk about all that. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to come to Work Human and I was so excited to is I think that these are people who care passionately about making their workplaces healthier, more engaging, happier places. And I needed to get to those people to say, we're messing it up by trying to keep everything happy and harmonious. When an organization can't be happy and harmonious, there are difficult trade-offs to make. We have to take scarce resources and do the most with them. And we can't do everything and people need to get promoted. And there's conflict created just by living in an organization. And if we try and keep everything harmonious all the time, we're driving that underground, we're creating passive aggressive behavior, we're eroding trust, we're building up stress levels to the point that people can't sleep on Sunday nights and don't want to come to work on Mondays. So productive conflict is the healthy kind of conflict that gets an issue on the table and gets us to the other side of it so we can achieve amazing things together 
unproductive conflict is personal. It's the same issue we've been fighting about for two years. It's vicious. So there's unproductive conflict, but productive conflict is when we take the things that our organization needs us to figure out and we don't avoid it. We approach it. We come to a solution that considers all the different perspectives and we get to the other side. That's why I call it productive because we actually get somewhere on the other end of it. There's going to be conflict in the place where humans gather, yes? I mean, <laughs> yes. with your friends, at home with the family, and certainly in your workplace. I mean, yes. as you said, the messy human stuff. Yeah. We're humans. We're messy. We yes. make mistakes. We trip and fall. And that's okay. That's part of it. What you're talking about is, all right, there's things we can do off of that, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's like when people say, because we work with executives, we'll often have an executive who will at some point in a difficult conversation say, well, you know, let's just keep the emotions out of it. And I tend to just like laugh, like, <laughs> that's hilarious. And maybe there's a time coming with AI where, you know, we'll all be bots and we'll be able to keep the emotion out of it. But while there's humans in the workplace, there's emotion in the workplace. When there's emotion in the workplace, there's conflict in the workplace. And even if it's not emotional-based conflict, even if it's making a really tough call about, you know, when's the right time to change a business unit or those sorts of things, there's always going to be conflict. So if we pretend it's not there and we drive it underground, then it's going to really bite us in the butt when we least expect it. Now, what are some practical strategies to work through issues in terms of drama at work? We've talked to Cy Wakeman many, many times about ditching the drama, but the drama is going to be there. So what can we do to kind of work through it? Yeah. So I actually think that it's really important when there is emotion involved to actually create a quick outlet for it. And it's interesting. So as a psychologist, one of the things we understand that people, that's not conventional wisdom is that if you make a little bit of room for it, you can actually make the emotion smaller, not bigger. And when you resist it and deny it altogether, it tends to fester and grow and creates resistance and you're stuck with it. So we want to create a very small amount of room for people to share how they're feeling But just by doing exactly that, say, okay, tell me how you're experiencing this. What's this like for you? How are you thinking about this? And then moving to, okay, so what are we going to do about it? And it turns out if you make a little bit of room for the person to tell you how they're experiencing it, what the emotion is, they feel validated. They feel more willing to then say, okay, let's figure out where we go from here. So one really practical thing you can do is to validate that people have feelings, that they have experiences of work. I hear you. So I would say it's one quick technique. So when somebody's sharing with you something that is you disagree with or that's emotional, validate them by giving them your eye contact, turning your body to them, listening, reflecting back what you're hearing. You don't have to agree with them, but reflect back what you're hearing. And then the second part of that is, and then ask one really good open-ended question that says, I'm interested in how you're experiencing this and I'm willing to listen. If you do that, their shoulders go down two inches. They actually relax and they go, okay, I feel heard. Then you can pivot. Then you can say, okay, so interesting. Here's how I'm experiencing it. Or here's where I think we need to go from here. So validate, question, pivot. So that's one of the techniques is actually that we're getting it wrong by trying to squash drama immediately, like all drama is bad. We're actually kind of adding fuel to the fire, making people feel not heard. That makes them frustrated. That makes them gossip in the hallways and start to become the resistance. So a little bit of room for it to then do the pivot. What do you say to an executive team or a management team who is resisting this idea of fostering 
even productive conflict, the conflict word probably spooks them, right? Yeah, yeah. How do you convince them to change their mindset and recognize there's an opportunity here? Yeah, very practically. So we have an exercise. So I was sharing this in my talk upstairs. And if people are interested, I just wrote a whole article about it in Harvard Business Review where I share the exercise. So what you do is you actually go around each role at the executive table. And you say, you ask them three questions so listeners can do this with their own team. So the first question you ask is, for your role, what's the unique value you're bringing? What are you paying attention to that no one else in the room is paying attention to? And there's always an answer because the risk guy's paying attention to something different than the saleswoman. Then you say, second question, which stakeholders are you thinking about and are you beholden to? And again, same thing. The risk guy's worried about the regulator <laughs> and the salesperson is worried about you know the, the CEO or something. And then the third question you ask is, what line does this role have to say all the time that makes everybody else nuts? Like the CFO is like, you know, can we afford it? Or is it in the budget? And if you ask those three questions and you go around every role at the table, they immediately see, no wonder we need conflict. Like we're completely in tension with one another. And the magic that happens is as soon as they understand that, I always talk about this, tension and conflict in a team is a feature, not a bug. Hmm. The reason you have a team is so that you can have conflict. If you didn't need different perspectives, you wouldn't need a team. So conflict on teams is a feature, not a bug. And as soon as you go through that exercise, people see it just in front of them on the whiteboard. They're like, Oh, it's how you ideate, it's how you you brainstorm. That's really what this process is. So the problem is until they've done this exercise, until they're clear on the fact that these roles are supposed to be in tension with one another, they misinterpret. Like if you disagree with me, I experience that as Todd's a jerk. Like, and stupid because he doesn't see the brilliance of my right. idea. <laughs> that, that's a coincidence a that I would be conflict. right. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was unproductive conflict. But, um, so as soon as you do that, they realize that they need all those perspectives. And so what happens is they start to call that productive tension and they cease to see it as destructive friction. Because the way we experience it normally is as soon as it gets uncomfortable, we're like, oh, that's friction and it's personal. And it's because somebody doesn't like me or doesn't like my ideas. And as soon as you do this exercise, then people realize like, oh, that's not Todd. That's his job. He's the host. He's supposed to disagree with my ideas to make the conversation more interesting. Or, you know, if I'm in sales, if the ops guy isn't driving me nuts, neither of us is doing our job. So once you can get that out there, then there's this great language to be able to understand, okay, I'm pulling my rope here, or, you know, have we kind of pulled all of the ropes on this? So you create this language. So for everyone listening, I'm sharing all the templates and the instructions for doing this exercise with anybody. So just let me know and we'll help you out. What I love about this conversation, Mike, is that we're throwing out words that spook most people, but they're necessary <laughs> to have a functional human well, environment. Conflict yeah. is scary. Conflict, tension. Yeah. We need tension. I mean, there's a good tension and a bad tension. Yeah. That's what I love about this. Is so that- here's a little insight on tension. I was a music major in college. I'm obviously not using that now, but in most of the good music that you hear, even in the classical stuff, there is some tension in there when you have the kind of two notes that are a little too close together and then they resolve. Yeah. That's how you get to something that really feels good. So yeah. I kind of 
just that's a little insight into some music no, theory. No, it's great because <laughs> no, if you go perfect. back to how does conflict resolve with best self, because music is beautiful when we've had tension in the music and it resolves. Well, same thing. But think of how many of us have conflicts in our relationships with our partners, with our colleagues that has been there and never resolved. Well, you know what it sounds like when an organ strikes two notes too close together Mm -hmm. and holds it. You're like, plug in your ears. It's painful. So the term I use in the good fight is- named discord. Yeah, discord, right? (laughs) So there's a term I use in the good fight called conflict debt. We are in profound conflict debt. So there are so many issues that have come that we have needed to resolve in our marriages, in our teams, with our boss, that we have left unresolved. And it's just like how you feel when you leave debt on your credit card and the interest compounds, it piles up. So we have teams and organizations, number one, most common conflict debt, failure to prioritize. Mm. So we need to have a fight about, is this project more important than this project? But we're all too afraid to fight. You know, we don't want to tell that department their project sucks or the boss doesn't want to resolve it. And so we spread everyone. We spread our money too thinly. We spread our people too thinly. So we get into this conflict debt and then we pay interest because we're overworked. We dilute the resources. We don't actually get ROI on our projects. So the number one conflict debt in organizations today is the failure to prioritize. It's just a conflict debt. Well, this has just been fantastic. I want to thank you for coming on the show. We're running right up against time. (laughs) One last question. Put everyone through this. What does work human mean to you? How would you define work human? Yeah, I think work human to me says, you know, we're all here to accomplish the same thing. We want organizations that are productive, that do the jobs they're on the planet to do. We're not trying to get away from productivity. This is not the antithesis of productivity, but this is saying that work can be done in a way that understands, appreciate, and leverages the fact that it's human beings doing it. And we need to find a way to get the most of human beings to make the work better, but also to make work a bigger and better contribution to people's lives. And that's why I'm so thrilled to be here is that to be with a community of people who understand that work, we need more synergy in that relationship. Work and humans can add so much for each other. So I love work human being the name. We love that you're here. Leanne, before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about your work and most importantly, get a copy of this new book, The Good Fight, where do they go? Yeah, so just leannedavy.com. And of course, I have the gift of a impossible to spell name. So it's L-I-A-N-E-D-A-V-E-Y.com, which is terrible for spelling, but it was easy to get the URL. So, you know, all good. So everything there on how to find The Good Fight and what people will find is free resources, so many free resources, including the templates for how to do that exercise I was just describing. All of that is there. And I've just created a new page for today, leannedavy.com slash workhuman, which has specific things for the workhuman crowd and articles that will be very relevant to them. Outstanding. Dr. Leanne Davy, the principal and co-founder of Three Co's and the author of the new book, The Good Fight. Leanne, it was great to have you. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. It was so wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019.